Who are we buying, selling, and holding in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues? What's up, IBT family? Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. We have a great episode planned for you as we reveal our Fantasy Football Valentines. Let's get into it. It's the IBT Podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunch, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, but they don't know Something they haven't seen, I'm off that mean Joe Green It got me fading between, yeah, I got it And I got it The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. And yes, the last game of the NFL season has been played until we kick off once again in Canton, Ohio, all the way in August. We'll certainly chat all about the Super Bowl tonight. And speaking of Canton, Ohio, if you want to hang out with me and my team overlooking Tom Benson Memorial Stadium, in Canton, Ohio this summer, live drafting, maybe enjoying a couple beers, a couple whiskeys, whatever your fix. Uh, we're going to be hanging out there. Draft night out, 2024 tickets are on sale. You can come live draft, kick off the season with us. It's going to be brilliant. But for now, you can enjoy this cast of characters here virtually. My name is Seth Wilcock, and I am joined by a guy who loves love, a two-time FSWA nominated analyst, Scott Reinier. Scott, can you believe it? The NFL season is closed, and Draft Night Out 2024 is next on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's always going to be a piece of me that, you know, oh, no, football season's over, and that kind of sucks. But um, especially since I, you know, jumped into this whole world uh, and started doing Dynasty and just started being interested all year long, there's a part of me that's glad it's over, to be honest. That, you know, I the for me, you know, I mean, it doesn't, of course, if my team's not in the Super Bowl, there's less interest. But for some reason, the two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl seems like two months. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the time the Super Bowl happens, it feels like the season was a year ago. It's so weird. So I'm, I I love the offseason. I love, you know, we've got the, we got free agency, then we've got combine, then we've got the draft, and then summer, we've got expo. Like it's, there's a lot going on in the offseason. So I'm excited. It just continues to build and build and build the excitement. So I kind of love the excitement as much as I love being in the fucking thick of it as well. And speaking of in the thick of it, all we are also joined by a gentleman who might not be in the, the most loving mood tonight. He's 49ers faithful, Wisconsin native. Hoove, Nick, how we doing tonight, man? How are vibes over on your end? It's been a tough week, man. I'm not going to lie. It's been a tough week, but I Losing the Super Bowl, we'll talk about it. I won't yeah. get into it right now, but then I realized if it's FSGA week and all my friends are gathered out in Vegas, 
and I'm not there hanging out with them. So I got that also on top of it. But I'm a pretty positive person, so I'll wrap it up with something positive. I see in our comment section that we have IBT fam, TD, and uh, I just want to let him know he did a fantastic job on Casey's podcast. I checked it out today. So I just wanted to give him that shout out. If you haven't, go ahead, check out TD's interview with Casey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited to check that out as well. Thank you for reminding us. Um, Love Get Real with Casey Kasem. So excited to check that out. Also joining us tonight, um, a guy who recently found love in the hills of Pittsburgh, Yinzer Kyle Scott. Kyle, how are we feeling heading into Valentine's Day 2024? Pretty special one for you, Jim. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, thanks for putting me on the spot here. Uh, yeah, got a Valentine's Day as uh, as the Seth and Scott. I don't know about Hoove. Hopefully, offense. No <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a Valentine's Day for the ages. One to remember. Uh, putting together some Legos. That's okay. Good one. Yeah. I like that, Kyle, with the creativity over there. Tonight on the show, guys, we are going to do a little bit of a Super Bowl reaction. Then we're going to do some back in the day lessons learned from 2023 and how this translates to our 2024 Dynasty Valentine's. Because like relationships, guys, fantasy football teaches us a lot of lessons and how we can improve year over year. So we'll talk about that. We'll round it out with good news at the end as well. Um, thank you guys so much to the IBT family for joining us, hang out with us each and every single week here on the IBT podcast. We have some goals we're trying to accomplish prior to the NFL draft, prior to Dover NASCAR race on the same weekend there in late April. We're going for a thousand subscribers. We're just about that 800 mark. So thank you guys so much. If you guys are new here, if you like this type of content, let us know, leave a comment, give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe, come back, hang out with us again. Thank you guys so much for all the love. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, who we got draft night out tickets on sale. Uh, you made a promo video for that over the last couple of weeks. I'm excited for that, man. Not only are we going to have about 12 different live drafts going in person, but we're going to have some mobile ones happening for people who just want to hang out at the bar, hang out outside. Maybe they're coming in and out of some other activities. I'm fucking pumped, bro. We're going to have 200 people boozing, hanging out, vibing uh, at Draft Night Out this year, man. I'm pumped. I don't know about on sale. I'll say available, but they ain't on sale yet. All right, <laughs> come on. This is the, like after this Niners loss, this is where my villain origin story starts. So. <laughs> Where's that money? All right. Where's that money? We ain't on sale yet. <laughs> we appreciate it, man. We're excited with that. Also got an IDP league over there, partnering up with the IDP plus uh, gentlemen and ladies over there. So excited about that. Um, but guys, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Let's jump into it here with a little bit of front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance. You'll be begging for more. What started off as maybe one of the bigger snoozers in Super Bowl history, I was thinking like, holy shit, is this going to be a Patriots-Rams game from a couple years ago where we just see a bunch of field goals? Uh, we, we had no scoring in the first quarter. 
first TD did not happen till 423 left in the first half. CMC cashed those first touchdown tickets for you. And then it turned into an electric factory after that, folks. And if you could have been uh, just like, I, I feel like if the 49ers could have just got that third and four, when they're in Chiefs territory with, with two minutes left to play, it's over. The game's over. It kind of reminds you a little bit of how last year's game ended there with uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles. But alas, they don't get it. The Chiefs, they get the stop. Mahomes drives down the field, ties it up, goes into overtime. 49ers take the ball, some calling it a questionable call, get a field goal, and then Pat Mahomes does his thing. McCall Hardman's the hero after it all. Starting the season as a New York Jet is now a hero in Kansas City once again. And uh, I was afraid to kind of ride the Chiefs, I felt like, going into this game. I've been riding them all playoffs long. Gun to the head, I did pick the Chiefs, but I didn't lay any money down on the money line on on uh, against the spread as well. So, uh, Scott, initial takeaways from a betting or just an NFL fan perspective of the Super Bowl? I'll go from the fan perspective. Um, I wonder how many people had John Jennings throwing the first touchdown pass of the game. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I concur with what you said. It did start off really slow, and it did get it did get exciting. Although it still was like mostly field goals. Although even the field goals were pretty exciting. You had Moody breaking the oh. Super Bowl record, and then minutes later, Butker breaks his record, the longest field goal. That was pretty cool. Both punters were kicking it like seventy yards. Like it for for a bit there, it was a it was a special teams kicker. F- yeah. Fact. Um. But I mean, you know, I was I was rooting for the Chiefs just because I'm a Seahawks fan and I don't root for the 49ers. That's just how it <laughs> works. Um, but I would, you know, uh I was able to just I was able to just allow myself to get into the to the kind of the the drama of the game. And it was, I mean, it turned into one of the more enjoyable Super Bowls I've watched. Um, you know, if your team's not in it, even if you're rooting against somebody, it's still just not the same. Like all you yeah. want is all you want is a good game. Um and I mean, you have you you have st- you have the storylines, you know, you, you 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 have lots of different things happening. Like I said, you've got kicking, you've got punting, you've got special teams, you've got you've got wide receivers throwing touchdowns to CMC. You've got you know Tony Romo not even knowing the new overtime rules as the overtime period was was about to commence. Um, you know, you've got a lot of people yelling at the TV because the Chiefs did not call a timeout there at the end of the first overtime because. They hadn't explained. Really could you imagine if you were in a bar? What? Could you imagine if you were in a bar or at a party when you didn't have the volume up, maybe super high, and you're like, "What are they doing? What's going on?" You know what I mean? You'd be freaking out. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a great game. Um, I feel terrible for 49ers fans. And here's the thing, man. Like, the 49ers became the Seahawks' rival, arch rival, back in the Jim Harbaugh, Kaepernick. Vernon Davis days. Yes, and it, it, for me, there were more villains involved there. I really didn't like Jim Harbaugh. Now it's like you don't root for your arch rival, but I would have been stoked to see Purdy, Ayuk, yes. Samuel, Kittle, yes. uh, Trent get a get a ring. That would have been great. Like I wouldn't want the team to win, but those individual players I would have been really happy for. I mean, the story of Brock Purdy, if he would have won the Super Bowl in his second year as Mr. Irrelevant, like magical. That's Hollywood shit, you know. It, yeah, so, yeah. It already kind of feels a little Hollywood, honestly, yeah. too. And talk about unluckiness that happens with the 49ers. I, I know, the, obviously, they got, kind of got shot in the foot a year ago, n- no doing to their own in that NFC Championship game. Speaking ever. of things hitting off of a foot. 
Yeah, yeah. So so then so then they kind of get unlucky here. Drake Greenlaw tears the Achilles running onto the field. Absolutely devastating. Lose one of their best players right there. Debo's in and out of this game. Kittle's in and out of this game. And then as you mentioned as well, Scott, they're on the punt return. It wasn't even like Ray Ray McLeod, former Steeler, fumbled the ball. It just hit, hit off one of one yeah. of the blockers. Yeah. So with all that being said, who've I know obviously a devastating loss for the Niners, for 49ers Nation, for the faithful, but nothing to hang your head on, man. Like, like I, I think this was a hell of a good coach team that that made a run, man. How are we feeling uh, a couple of days after removed from it all, man? Is the sky still falling out there in uh, Santa Clara, a.k.a. Wisconsin? You know, <laughs> I've listened to this this intro to this bit so many times, and this whole time you guys were talking – all that was going through my mind was sometimes the first thing, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to step out the door. That's how I felt going to work on Monday. Because, like, I knew my coworkers were about to ask me, How do you feel? And that's how I feel right now. Like, I don't know how I feel. There's so many things running through my mind. But the only thing that, like, I'm not a person that's going to make excuses. Last year, we had an excuse because of Brock Purdy's injury. And that was like, mm-hmm. It, it reassures me now that whatever would have happened last year, if we would have beat the Eagles, the same thing that would have happened this year that like happened this year is that you can't beat Patrick Mahomes when it's in a single game, when it's in a single score game, you know, you can't let it be that close with him. Yep. yep. Like even all the things that you guys just mentioned with Greenlaw going down and the fumble and the, and like the, the kickoff at the foot and just all these things like, you could factor them in. There, there are things that just happen a part of football. And when you look at the way the 49ers constructed this roster, top to bottom, you have all pros, all stars everywhere. Yeah. Quarterback. And even your quarterback is is Drew Brees light. And he's somehow on a cheap contract that's just given to you by the grace of God. And that's not enough because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Like, I still believe in my heart 100% that the Niners are the best team this year. They were the best team, but they didn't have Patrick Mahomes and tough shit to every other team. Because no matter how you build your team, unless you catch Patrick Mahomes on an off week, yeah, how like the Bengals did that one time, he's not going to lose in a Super Bowl. He's not. He's it's we're watching something special. And if you're the other side of that, it sucks. Like Kyle Shanahan, I don't discredit Kyle Shanahan at all. He's lost in three Super Bowls to two of the arguably greatest quarterbacks of all time and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Like, it sucks. Yeah, like like Sean McVay has one and he doesn't. He didn't go up against either of them. He went up against Joe Burrow. That's how he got his. So, like, it it really sucks that history is playing out like this. But, like, I, I can't really hang my head that much because – Yeah, keep the faith, brother. I Because oh, – I will – I'm not going to keep my faith right now. <laughs> Let me be real because, like, whatever we sign, whatever happens, like, until we do it, I'm tired of just getting there and, like, almost getting there and then mm-hmm. not happening. Unless yeah. we get there and Patrick Mahomes isn't there, then I'll change my attitude on that. But, like, right now, like, I just – we're watching something special. And you just have to give Patrick Mahomes kudos. I hope that people that watch the game also that are rooting that are rooting for the Chiefs also can give the same respect to Brock Purdy because he played oh, – yeah phenomenally i personally believe like these guys would 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 argue with me on it but i think brock purdy outplayed patrick Mahomes 
Yeah, at least eighty percent of that game. At least eighty percent. Yeah, of I won't game. go had, that far. He had his flaws. He had his flaws, like every elite quarterback does. But like he, every, like Josh, Josh Allen would be like that. Like Lamar showed that this season that he would have his flaws in key moments against the Chiefs defense. Like it happens. And but Brock Purdy is Drew Brees light, and I hope people can give him the same respect. But this is a tough one, man. This really, this yeah, really sure. is tough. It. I uh, I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. Like already, you're hearing drama and stuff, and it's just it's, yeah, it's so you got disheartening. You got Brandon Ayuk and his you brother, got the hit, offensive hit. lineman calling out the other offensive lineman, and it's just, yeah, it, it's messy. I don't, I don't. Well, like I mean, messy. there's you know, I mean, a lot of coaching vacancies have been filled at this point, but there are still you know the the two teams that make the Super Bowl are the last group pool of coaches that can be approached. Yeah. You know, and being part of a Super Bowl team typically makes you sought after. So there's that aspect too. It will be very interesting to see from a fantasy football perspective. What does this do to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes ADPs? I just got Travis Kelsey in the fourth round of a 12 team best ball last week. Mahomes was going in that round as well. So I'm curious to see if that stays put or we see that these rise after uh, that they fought for their right to party there over the weekend. Looks like we got Katie in the chat. What's up, Katie? So good to see you saying howdy, IBT fam. We got Toronto Dave saying cinema, some would say. Yeah, it was very, very was movie-like very- for sure. And then uh, Albert saying, good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on the halftime show? Any, like, let's break it down to a grade. What what would you give the grade? I'd probably go a seven, Scott. I kind of want to hear from you, though, because I didn't know, like, the first three songs, really. Like, I grew up when Usher was kind of in the back end of his career. Like, you know, we we had, yeah, we had some of those um, other bangers from Usher, but I kind of missed early days of Usher. So did you like it? Where would you grade it? I would be probably in that same range. Okay. Around a seven. Um, like Usher himself wasn't super impressive for me, but I was fucking stoked with all the people he brought out. Yeah. Like, yes. Bringing out Alicia Keys to start with, that was such a baller move. And then, you know, you kind of knew at that point, like, well, is Lil John going to join him for this? And then by the end of it, I was like, Ludacris has to be, you know, yes. who is a rapper. He's not only in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it did have kind of a throwback feel. It's not, you know, like your super current artists. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it for, for a little bit of the nostalgia. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I know the song, Yeah, was played out into oblivion. Yes. I, oh, yes. I love that song. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I'm 100% with you. Like the whole first until Usher got on roller skates, I was like, oh, this is a bad halftime show. I was like, I was like, I'm not going to like this at all, to be honest with you. And then he got got on roller skates. He He started doing roller skates. He starts doing his thing. And then, yeah, the the song, the song, yeah, like took it from like a three. I would have probably gave it a three to a seven. So I'm on. I liked it. Who? What are your thoughts, man? Uh, did, Did you enjoy the skating? I'm an Usher fan and I also like roller skates. So like I got <laughs> that too. So, but you have a pair, don't the, you? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I was going to, I was, I brought them to the expo last year. I didn't end up using them, but I was going to use them to skate around from bar to bar, but we were hanging out too much on the roof. So like I, I didn't need them, you know? <laughs> so, dangerous. um, yeah, the days, man. But anyways, uh, 
with Usher, like if you're an Usher fan, you're going to like obviously be biased. I'm an Usher fan. So like, but I'm also going to be real with my judgment. And I say like, he's, he didn't really sing that much. Like he did at times, but a lot of it was like letting the crowd do their thing. It's what you would expect out of an Usher concert. Yeah. You know, so I would, I'd give it, you know, like a seven. I think that's appropriate, but really like, I think last year's was better. Like it, Ooh, I I like the guests too much. I, yeah. I would... Oh, the guests were phenomenal, but like the fact that he wasn't singing like last year, you had like all those all those rap like legends coming. Oh out no, that, there. Was two, that was two years ago. You're thinking okay, two then, years yeah, ago. then two yeah. years ago. Here's so, Rihanna. Yeah. Okay, but that's still like two of them that uh, were just bangers back to back. Like I'll take this over. Rihanna then. announcing her pregnancy. Like you're following that up with, like even though Alicia Keys is phenomenal, like you're following that up with usher singing like eh, a little bit of the song people were saying some disrespectful things to alicia keys on twitter holy oh, cow alicia, like alicia i mean kind of like flattering oh, but, but like disrespectful in, in the same way uh oh, Tor- and- toronto dave saying eight out of ten i thought it was great yeah it, uh, you know he he really came in strong at the end because i didn't think his singing was very strong in the beginning but um kyle your thoughts on the halftime show mm-hmm. there in the back end man uh, I'm going to be honest at my house, we skipped the halftime show and turned on the puppy bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Great, the puppy bowl, 10 out of 10, baby. Always, always. Did you pretty- turn it back to watch Brock Purdy get that dog in him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. But then I switched back to the puppy bowl. <laughs> uh, best worst commercials. I thought Duncan stole the show. I, I thought most of these commercials were, were dog shit. And like, how does Timu, an app that I've never heard that their slogan is shop like a billionaire, have that much money for like three or four spots? That was crazy. And also, like, I can't I, talk about that. I don't mean to go this route, but like, if you're an organization that's like a Christian organization, you're promoting Jesus Christ, that's awesome. But can't you spend $14 million like helping someone? I don't know. I was just kind of a little turned off by that. I, I you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, who, what was your thoughts on the commercials? I, the Kanye one just shocked, just shocked me. I was like, what is going on? Like, it was like just seven seconds and he just like skipped past making an actual commercial. He just recorded it on his iPhone and put it out there. Like just being like money on the spot and then just recorded it on his yeah, phone. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, pretty funny. That's actually. the most Kanye commercial I've ever seen before in my life. Um, but really like, we'll talk about my favorite one a little bit later with good news. Feel good Friday of the week or feel good of the week. So, um, stay tuned. Okay. I I will say the the one I did like Scott was, I actually saw it a week or two before and tweeted it out. I didn't even know it was going to be a Super Bowl commercial, but it was the Paramount plus one with like Arnold and Dr. X and like all that. And like Creed take me higher came on in the end. I thought that was brilliant. Did you get a chance to check out that one? And if not, what was your favorite? I think my favorite, um, I have two. I, I honestly didn't pay attention to the commercials as much as I normally do. Okay. Um, oh, you have kids, we, man. You know, we were doing other stuff. Yeah. So we were, we were trying. I really liked the one where the Eagles, Ravens, and Seahawks were all actually flocks of birds <laughs> flying around and they had the actual players. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I liked the one towards the tail end. It was very simple and very short, but it was just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Per- Yes, you know, neighbor as neighbor. Yes, yes. That one, was that, was a good one. That, one, that one made me laugh. Um, so I honestly I didn't pay attention enough to really remember like 
oh, I hated that one. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So those those were the two that stood out. And I mean, I know that the I know that the ones where their birds was super silly and cheesy, but it was just you know like one of them was my team, so it was kind of funny how yeah. they had yeah. Tyler Lockett flying around making bird noises. <laughs> Gotta the love. fact that they had Danny DeVito in that Arnold one at the end was really was like perfect because I love that movie. Was it uh, Twins? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Obviously, Twins. Twins. DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Last thing we'll do to put put a bow on the Super Bowl. I I, I will open up the betting cards. Um. <laughs> wow. I was swinging a hot bat coming in here, man. I I was up 15 units in the month of January. I was feeling good between NASCAR, NFL. I was I was half a yard short from Brock Purdy. I had tw- over 12 and a half rushing yards. It was 12 rushing yards and then half a yard short from Isaiah Pacheco. I need 59 and a half. He had 59. Did no Greg get two catches? He did. He did. Okay. Yes. So the okay. 9 to 1 I was paying attention to that one. <laughs> yes. The, the 9 to 1 parlay was just a total of a yard short. That was a heartbreaker. I was really a bummer. Um and I was honestly banking. I, I I had a little bit of uh, skin on the Travis Kelsey MVP. And for a minute, I said, if he can get in the end zone here in overtime, I think this might be Travis Kelsey MVP time cashing 12 to one. So um, Eric and I did cash some uh, playoff season or playoff long ones. Uh, I, I hit Isaiah Pacheco 15 to one uh, m- most rushing yards throughout the playoffs. Eric recommended that one. And then we also hit Patrick Mahomes six to one most passing yards. So that was cool. Um, but overall took some L's in the fucking Super Bowl. Um, anyone else want to share any L's they took any W's? We, we did hit the over on the national anthem though, Scott, we were right on that one. Really? But there actually was that little controversy too, because some sports books didn't count Reba's, uh, second. She said brave twice. Some of them didn't didn't uh, didn't count that. So so Bet MGM actually paid out both the over and the under for the national anthem. So shout out Bet MGM. Yeah, shout out Bet MGM. That's cool. Um, let's go ahead though, guys. Let's go ahead and get into some Dynasty Valentine's Day here and uh, back in the day. They make them like this way back in the day. Took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day. Couldn't predict how it could all change. Don't you ever forget how far we came. So we will now close the door on 2023, the NFL season, fantasy football leagues. And we're going to talk about some lessons learned and how that correlates to some players that we're looking to make some moves for or hold, uh, whether that's buying, selling, holding, whatever that is in dynasty leagues this off season. Um, so Scott, I'll go ahead. I'll turn it over to you, man. What's a lesson you learned here in, uh, in 2023 and w- what it makes you want to do here in 2024 uh, with a certain player? Uh, well, for me, the first the first lesson I'm going to talk about and the first player uh, on my love list is Drake London, um, wide receiver with the Falcons. So, you know, I'm still relatively new to Dynasty. So I, you know, and I still play Dynasty and redraft pretty much the same amount of leagues of both. Every okay. Year. So I'm, my, my mind's in both and I'm still, you know, redraft I have down. Um, but Dynasty, I'm still learning. 
So one thing I think that I'm setting off to try out this off season specifically involves, you know, the difference between, you know, talent versus situation. So for instance, Certainly. you had two sophomore wide receivers, both very talented sophomore wide receivers who were in bad, bad situations. You had Drake London with Arthur Smith and, a, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And you had Garrett Wilson losing Aaron Rodgers after the first, in the first drive of the season. Yeah. Um, so, but where I'm, and this is, this is really just based on listening to other people that have a lot more experience with me is I'm still in dynasty. I'm still betting on the talent. Um, you know, in redraft, I, in redraft, I was way too high on Drake London last year. I, I was just, I just assumed things would regress way more than they, than they did. And I was just too high on him in redraft, but in dynasty, he's a player I'm going after um, in the off season. And this isn't about like, Oh, I'm going to pull one over on my on my league mate who hates Drake London and gets it's it's not about that. Um, I I believe in the dynasty mantra that you know a trade should be good for both teams. It should you know it should benefit both teams. That's the, that's the idea. So with Drake London, I think that the, I think we're in a place and you know to a lesser degree Garrett Wilson because I I don't think Garrett Wilson's stock really fell as much. You know in dynasty in dynasty circles he still ended up around a thirty percent target share and Aaron Rodgers is coming back so. You know, there wasn't quite as much of a fall off. But with Drake London, you know, that's two seasons in a row, you know, of not not cracking the top 24. Um, so for me, it's about see if I can explain this, you know, somewhat simply. Um, you know, his if he had smashed this season, obviously his value would be a lot higher. Drake London, I'm talking about. Absolutely. It'd be very, very difficult to acquire him. Right now, I'm not it's not that he's on some massive discount, and it's not about like, oh, I need to find a manager who is dumb and not paying attention. No, no, it's not about that. It's about taking the risk at his current value. If you believe in his talent and that the situation is going to change with a new coach, certainly, hopefully a new quarterback. Um, and I personally do believe in the talent. I mean, he last 10 years, he had the highest target share of a rookie wide receiver of any rookie last 10 years, a couple of years. Wow. Ago. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was 29% in his rookie year. That's the highest since I only went back 10 years, but that was the highest. Um, so so he's the type of player and also a player like Chris Olave. Um, again, I think Olave and Garrett Wilson are a little bit more expensive. Yes. But yep. Drake London, I think, is in that spot where, you know, you, you have to gauge it. You know, if, if you're, you, you can't get you can't get tunnel vision going after him and, and pay too much because so, there is still risk. It's not going to pan out. But if you pay basically market value for him right now, to me, that is worth the risk of him not panning out. Um, so he's a player I'm going after and I'm going to, I'm going to be looking for other players like that this year where I still believe in the talent, whether it's situation or not, um, you know, trying to pull some moves. I, I was able to acquire yeah. Drake London in a trade with our good, good friend Herms, a good What'd trade. For teams. What's that? What'd you give up? Oh, I'll have to so, get back to you on that. After yeah. That. So fair market price form, at least looking right now, peaked in high school, their super flex trade chart. Um, he's my favorite. I think Alex does the best job of kind of laying this out. He's great. He, ha he has him pretty much right around a uh, late 2024 first round pick. Would you be willing to do that if you're in the back half of the, the, the first round this I, season? I think so. That's right about where I would have him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, who would you like to go ahead with, uh, with, with your first dynasty Valentine, whether that's someone you love and you're staying with them or someone you're ready to uh, leave and, and get out of that relationship. Yeah, I got a transition for the loved ones. So, you know, since tomorrow's Valentine's Day, 
I figured I should talk about, I should give a, a shout out to my beautiful, beautiful girlfriend, uh, Heidi, that's, I'm super excited for everyone to meet. She's coming out at the expo this year. And so I just wanted to celebrate five years of love and um, love. shout out to you, baby. So um, <laughs> that's one thing that's taught me is that throughout five years, you know, she's had to put up with my hyperactivity and my passion for this, even though she's super supportive. She's had to deal with a lot of watching football on Sundays. A lot of buckets. And, yeah, I get it. Right. And so she's just been completely patient throughout this whole journey. And so that's one thing that I feel like I need to be patient with this player because at times yeah, he wasn't there, but I bought this player back at the start of the year before I, uh, I, I drafted Dalton Kincaid and was expecting him to be late season breakout. So sure. I needed someone temporarily to kind of keep things afloat. So I went out and I got this guy, go ahead, pull it up for my love for the week is Greg Dolchich. And so I went out and I got Greggy and obviously he got hurt end of the season, but still Greg, when he was there the year before he showed that he was going to be a productive tight end. And when you're seeing all these tight ends break out this season, that if he was available, he probably would have been in that mix of all these, all these young tight ends that are breaking out, competing with Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's not this head and head over heels tight end anymore because all these guys, no, no. He'll be a he'll be a playoff hero, but he's not going to be consistent throughout that. Sam Laporta is your tight end one, one hundred percent. But even you got Dalton Kincaid in that mix, and if you want to put Kyle Pitts in there, whatever. I would I'd honestly have Greg Greg Dolch is higher than Kyle Pitts, but that's besides stop. The stop. You want to bet? Okay. I, I, I we can talk about that later. Yeah, but yeah, we can talk about it later. But seriously, like Greg Dolch, he even though he wasn't there, don't forget about him. Remain patient. And go out there, and if you can buy him for a price, like I bought him for a second round pick, and that I ended up getting second or third place in that league, fourth place in that league. So it ended up being like the two two oh nine something like that for Greg Deltich. So like, like, like uh, Scott was saying earlier about London, like at price, I'm okay. Even if he's a bust, like I'm okay with going out there and paying that price, a late second, maybe an early third for him. Someone's going to go out there. Yeah. Someone's going to trade him, you know, because there's so many tight ends. People are going to convince themselves on in this draft. I mean, he played two games. Like it's pretty much he's going into his sophomore season is the way I look at it. Had a decent rookie campaign. Wasn't absolutely crazy, but did have 33 receptions, 411 yards and two touchdowns. We don't know the quarterback situation. I think that will determine a lot for me, Scott. Um, but he could, you know, be one of these sneaky second year breakouts, the Jake Ferguson's um, of the world, you know, someone That's kind good. of in that between him and Trey McBride, possibly if all things go well in that Sean Payton offense. Yeah, I, I love this call. I love Greggy. He's under the radar right now. He's under the radar like Trey McBride was um, for different reasons. But I mean, Dulcich, you know, he didn't he didn't smash his rookie year, but analytically he had one of the stronger rookie seasons yeah. you know, in, in recent memory for a tight end again, you know, I mean, it's all about fantasy points, but yeah, you're projecting tight at the tight end position, especially. Yeah. I mean, let's say Dave Njoku now becomes a smasher every year. You know how long it took him to get there? Yeah. Um, tight ends typically take a while. So, you know, um, that's why I I'm kicking myself for, for completely and utterly ignoring and f assuming Trey McBride had taken off and yeah. moving on Mars. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know why I did that. Um, just because he didn't smash his rookie year, which tight end don't unless you're Sam Laporta. Um, so I, yeah, I love this call. I think, and he should be cheap. 
I mean, you're going to have some savvy managers who know who yep. are on the same wavelength as you. Um, but it just depends on, I mean, this is that whole thing about knowing your league mates, you know, um, especially if somebody has them as like a third or fourth tight end, you know, go try and yeah. try and, you know, like I said, you're not, you're not, don't offer them the 4.11 and Isaiah McKenzie, but like offer something, you know, you know, at, at price. I went from being in a tough predicament in that league at tight end to being in like super strong. I had, I had Dalton Kincaid, Greg Dulcich, uh, Tucker Craft, and wow. John and Janu Smith. Okay, yeah, so you're feeling okay. So like, yeah, I, I say myself. Hmm? Let me let me put a pin in Greg Dulcich real quick for dynasty. Um, right now, Alex has him going as a fourth round pick. If you if you're looking for a player trade, he kind of has him in the Aiden O'Connell to Bailey Zappi range. If, oh, if you're Clyde, playing Superflex, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Where do I sign? Where yeah. do I sign? Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind there. Scott, that trade for Drake London, though, pull that up uh, and then I'll pull up my uh, my first. Okay. Club so it's going to seem, might seem a little upset at first, but I traded DK Metcalf, Jordan Addison, and the 207. For Drake London and the 105. So the 105 was a big, huge piece of it because that could be either Brock Bowers or Malik Neighbors. Super Flex League? Yeah. Uh, I think I like it. I okay. it make it gives me a, like a yuck, but like a good yuck. Like well, I mean, that's the thing, is like looking back at this trade, like this is a little more pricey than what I was kind of conveying, I think. Yeah. In in, in my spiel. But yeah, this is just where Herms and I ended up, and I I'm, I'm strapped for draft picks and getting into that top six this year was very yeah. appealing. Okay. Yeah, um, like, especially if I could get Bowers, not, man. Not not my favorite trade, but I understand why you did it. I understand why you did it. I'd get um, Malik, bro. Oh, that's oh man. If you're gonna give up TK, you gotta go get Malik. Like that's that's the mind mindset. Like Malik should be Jamar Chase 2.0. You know, that's yeah, no, I I probably I'm not I haven't made a decision yet. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we gotta talk maybe neither will be a Jamar, but I do out. love, 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 love Malik neighbors. Um, oh, yeah, all right, I'll go ahead, Beth, Scott. I'm gonna go ahead. My love of the night and so- something I am actively trying to acquire in dynasty leagues are not even a player, it is a pick, as Scott almost kind of alluded to, but it's actually a second and third round rookie picks that I'm kind of going after right now because we've seen wide receivers in the late second round, early third round of rookie drafts be game changers just when they did in the past year. Rasheed Rice, Tank Dell, Jaden Reed, Puka Nakua. I, I thought these were guys who all broke out, all top 28 wide receivers on a points-per-game basis. And I think we're going to continue to see that. This is a really good class. Like There's, there's going to be guys that you're going to be taking shots on here. Lad McConkie, McCaffrey's brother. Kind of guys like this in the late second half of your rookie draft, early third round that might be valuable. So I think we kind of need to keep these guys in mind and uh, be trying to acquire these picks as well. Because I remember when I paid up, uh, I think I, I, I took Rasheed Rice in a couple different drafts right around the 208, 209. Um, and people were looking at me like I was a little bit crazy. There were some other p- players that people liked a lot more. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to stick with my guns here. I'm going to play out Rice. Took a lot of tank Dell in the third round. And like, those guys have become staples on my dynasty team now. They've become elite assets. So just something to keep in mind here. Like we're going to see players like Malik Neighbors. We're going to see players like Marvin Harrison Jr., Troy Franklin possibly, Keon Coleman go in that first round on the in the NFL draft come April. However, 
we're also going to see a lot of guys go on day two and day three. We cannot be dismissive of them. And we need to have bullets in the chamber. Bullets in the chamber to me are second, third round rookie picks. So I'm loving it. I'm going after them. Scott, you're all you're acquiring rookie picks right now. You just made a trade for one. Are you also interested in second and third round picks as well this season? I am. And I think it's good advice because this is the time of year when, you know, when, when prospect season, I mean, you know, you've got your Debbie guys and you've got your prospect guys that are doing this all the time, all year round watching college. Yeah, thank thank you to about, those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for what you do. <laughs> thank you. I'm talking about the, 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 you know, the uh, pretenders like me that jump in, you know, once my fantasy season's over and like, okay, let's learn the names of these rookies now. Certainly. But, um, but one thing that you will hear, you heard it last year, you heard it the year before you're hearing it this year is about that tear break in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, right now it's like around 106 or something. Basically, once Odunze is off the board, you know, then it, it there, there is there's a tear break. But that tear break does not mean that the rest of the draft is worthless. It just means you know your potential, your projected more elite level players yeah. always represent a certain tier. But last year, yeah, I mean, I I got a lot of Jaden Reed, I got Josh Downs, yep, I got I got a Rasheed Rice. So I mean, there's definitely value to be had. It's just you know you 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 might not find one of those wide receiver ones there, but not you know Puka Nakua only happens every now and then. That's so Excel yeah. could be, he could be, but no, I think you know mid seconds, late seconds. I think they're super valuable. Hoof, how do you feel about it? Because these wide receivers we're talking about, the Puka, the Tank, the Jadens, the Rashis, they outperformed all those day one rookies last season. There was no day one rookie wide receiver that finished inside the top 30 points per game. The highest one was Jordan Addison at 31 PPR points per game. So how do you feel about this strategy of acquiring some of these second, third round bullets in your chamber? I agree that you should be going out there and getting your sec- second and third round picks 100%. Uh, but I think that one thing as senior video editor for here at IBT is Shout out. I, get, I, I get to remember all the old videos and all the topics that people have talked about. And Seth, I'm going to pull a little receipt on you right now. Okay. Oh, man. Chase Brown. He's got all the receipts. I got all the receipts. No, I'm going to talk about a little trade that you talked about in one of your leagues for Debo Samuel for a second round pick. Remember to not trade people that are just having bad years yes. for second yes. round picks. Yes. Okay. Because yes. like Seth talked about way back, maybe about a year ago is like one of his league mates. He ended up trading Debo for a second. And obviously Debo ended up becoming who he is. It was now. Kadarius Tony is who it he was, wanted. In yeah. So yeah. he ended up getting Tony and like, look at how that would have ended yeah. up yeah. working out. So I got, a, I got a sharp memory, man. I got, I can remember <laughs> a long time, but for real though, like don't be trading studs just yes. to get these picks yep. yeah no, 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 and no. and the way that i am and i might be different you can take the hoof strategy if you want to but the way i am like a guy like brian robinson if i'm gonna trade brian robinson right now brian robinson like he could be great he could be he could have someone to compete with next year but right now like i want to know 100 that i'm going to be getting a stud back so is he worth a second yes he is but i want two seconds to know that at least one of those picks ah, is going to yeah. hit yeah, it'd be tough to get two for Brian straight up. Maybe another veteran you could trade, but yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. I want I want to ensure. So like a player yeah. like Rasheed Rice, like I'll trade Rasheed Rice, but I want a first and a second. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of players kind of in that second, third round range that 
Um, if you're comfortable moving off someone like a Gus Edwards, a JK Dobbins, um, you know, you could get second, third round picks for those guys. Someone like a Gabe Davis, a Jonathan Mingo. Um, sometimes you got no one to cut your losses and, and move off. And, and that's just kind of what the strategy is about. Like take some of those aging veterans or just young guys who you think maybe after watching them for a year or two, Hey, they're not going to pan out. I'll talk more about that later, but JK uh, and Chubb are worth a, the 301 in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb is worth Stop. a 301. He's, he's Dude, worth no way. No way. Don't. 301. That's the max I'm giving up for either J.K. Dobbins or Nick Chubb at this point with those injuries. Hell no. Alex right now on, on uh, Dynasty or uh, on peaked in high school, his trade value chart. He has Nick Chubb for a mid-second. So not, you're not too far off there. Scott, I want to come back with you for your second Dynasty Valentine of the night. Where are we going here? So originally this was called a stash, but I'm calling it, it's being called a stay. Stay. So this one's, this one, this one's a little bit, you know, down the totem pole a little bit, but it's uh bills receiver, Khalil Shakir. Um, so he's a guy, you know, you, you, everyone knows at this point, I'm a big JJ Zacharyson fan. He was, he was pretty high on Shakir. He was also pretty high on Jaden Reed. That's the other thing too. If you were going to go the route of, of trying to hit on those second rounders. Yeah. Listen to Matt Harmon with Perception, perception. Listen Certainly. to JJ Zacharyson. Um, they're they're very good with the with the prospects. Anyway, um, so Khalil Shakir, you know, this is again, this one's farther down the totem pole, um, but this is also a little bit of a lesson too that like not every move you make, first of all, not every move you make has to involve acquiring or trading. It can involve making the decision to keep somebody, um, but not also not every move has to be for your tight end one or your wide receiver one. Um, I mean, the depth game in Dynasty, um, especially picking players that could, you know, they, their, their trajectory is pointing in the right direction is also important. And I think that's the case with Khalil Shakir. Gabe Davis, you know, once for, once the new league year starts, he is no longer a member of the Buffalo Bills unless they resign him. He's an unrestricted free agent, which leaves their, other than Diggs and Shakir, that leaves them with Deontay yeah. Harry, KJ Hamler, Justin Shorter, and Andy Isabella. That's the receiver. Shorter, Andy Isabella. Those are some, those those were some like fourth or fifth. They were, picks. yeah. So, and the thing with Shakir is he didn't he did not like you know he didn't like crack the top twenty four or anything this year. But his trajectory was pointing up at the end of the season when um, when Joe Brady took over. Before Joe Brady took over, he was under a forty percent snap share. He jumped up to about seventy percent once the offensive coordinator change was made. Um, he had, he averaged one more target a game, um, still only about three and a half. So yeah. again, we're not talking, that's why this is more under the radar. Yeah. Um, but I think what was most impressive is, you know, the, the, the explosiveness he flashed and then I, you know, playoff, playoff performances should not be the only support for a take, but playoff performances can be part of the support for a take. Absolutely. And Shakir um, scored in both playoff games, and he had a season career high nine targets in the game, in the loss against Kansas City, who has a, a great secondary, as we know. So I just think you know, this time of year it's difficult. The Bills, a bunch of mock drafts I've looked at, the Bills are a pretty popular team yeah. to take a wide receiver pretty high, maybe in the first round, like your Keon Coleman's, your Brian Thomas's potentially. So that could change things, but it would still be a rookie. So I like. I like Khalil Shakir's outlook for 2024. Um, you know, not anything higher than a wide receiver three, mm-hmm. probably his ceiling. Um, but I think he's still probably relatively cheap. So he's a guy that I, I had already stashed him on some teams. Um, and I'm excited about that. 
Can I add something about Shakir? About Shakir? Yeah. I recently wrote about Shakir, and the article is coming out later this week in, in my mock draft. Okay, and so I don't want I don't want to hate on I don't want to hate on the pick, but like I I like Shakir go, go at at a certain price. I don't necessarily want to buy him at like a wide receiver three price at this point because to he me, won't cost you that. To me, I promise. To me, Shakir is like KJ Osborne, and then if if the Bills go out there and they replace. And they replaced uh, Gabe Davis in the draft with someone like Adonai Mitchell or Keon Thompson mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. Keon Coleman. Like, where does that leave Shakir? So, like, that's where I'm at. Like, I think I think that she, like Shakir would probably be like kind of like a KJ Osborne in that situation. And Keon Coleman comes in there; he's on the other side of Stephon Diggs, and yeah. he just eats up way too much with Kincaid and and Cook being there. And they're probably going to end up getting another running back too. You could be right, Hoof. You absolutely could be right. You could kind of get get roadblocked in there. But there's also a chance, I think, here that, hey, man, we don't know if Stephon Diggs is going to be back. He's, I mean, it's going to be hard to trade that contract now. That looks like a pretty bad contract. However, you know, this guy's been taking it on the shins as he puts on his Instagram pictures, always wearing shin guards and shit. He's He's taking it on the shins here. He doesn't love Buffalo, it seems like, at times. So, I wouldn't be surprised if if we do see a good season out of Shakir. And, and we're not that far removed from a really couple solid seasons for Cole Beasley working out of the slot here in Buffalo. So I see a little more upside than I think KJ Osborne would have. Um, but you are right, Hoop. There is a chance that he does get roadblocked in. But I'm with you, you yeah. right now, Scott. If I can make a move for like maybe a fourth round rookie pick, maybe trade oh. off one of these like veteran running backs, which is kind of where Alex has him in his uh, chart here as a you know late fourth round pick, or for like a CH, a, a Donta Foreman, a, a Joshua Kelly type, you could maybe well, get it done. Secures, he's a great. I would buy that. He's a great. He's a great throw in option too. Yeah, I would buy. Uh, I would buy that. I would. I would definitely want him as a throw in, like. I, I I agreed to that value. I thought we were talking more like a late second or something like that. No, I don't I mean, know. I, 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 don't know I, if I, buy that. Three, I was just saying, like, you know, in in what I have analyzed about yeah, Shakir, he, I would say that's his absolute ceiling. Yes. Like, yep. If you yep. said yeah, me Shakir for J.K. Dobbins, I would I would take Shakir. Honest to God. For who? For J.K. Dobbins. Who? I don't know if I would do that. Oh, I'm not doing that. Um. All right, I, I'll go ahead and get to my leave, and then we'll throw back to Hoof State to end this out. Um, so I, I'm cutting the ties. I have no ties with him, but if I did, I would be cutting it. And I did have some ties to a similar quarterback, but uh, it, it's Bryce Young. And I'm leaving him because I just can't bank on pat pocket passing quarterbacks to take a second or third year jump when I don't know what weapons are going to be around him. Obviously there's going to be a little bit better of play calling around him, which makes me a little bit more excited, but my worst decision in 2023 leagues, the leagues that I sucked ass and Kyle can attest to this. Um, in one of my favorite leagues, I was relying on, on my, for my quarterback to Desmond Ritter, Tommy DeVito and Kenny Pickett. Like I went in relying on Kenny Pickett as my quarterback two to Justin Herbert. I sucked ass in that league. Like that was usually one of my, my favorite leagues league. I usually have some runs in and same thing with like Scott Fishbowl. I, I took Mac Jones as my quarterback three thinking, Hey, you know, if something happens to Anthony Richardson or, uh, or Daniel Jones, will something happen to both. But you know, e- either way um, I, I thought, Hey, maybe Mac Jones could be a security blanket. He wasn't. And so I think sometimes it's okay to move on 
from these like solid quarterbacks, but maybe their upside is capped because I, I think that's what Bryce Young's upside is capped. I think Will Levis's upside is capped. Um, I'd rather trade them for like a, a second round pick and something else. Um, maybe I can get in that second round pick a JJ McCarthy and another asset. Maybe Ooh. I can get a Michael Penix and another asset. I, I would move back later in the second round to take Penix. Um, but still, I think there's there's like some upside with some of these younger quarterbacks coming in, and I'm willing to take the shot on a rookie season to see if we can get a guy like Stroud, a guy like Richardson. I know they come once in a blue moon, um, but but I, I'm really interested in moving off someone like Bryce Young, moving off someone like Will Levis. Um, any of those 2022 quarterbacks, it looks like the best one was the last fucking pick in the draft, Brock Purdy, and the rest are dog shit from 2022. So. I'm moving them. I'm willing to take what I can get at this time, uh, whether that be scraps or not. Yeah, for me, it would just depend. Um, for me, it's personally, it's a, it's a little, it would be a little hasty for me to give up on a QB after one season with a shit, shit team. But it depends on what, I mean, it really just depends on what you can get for him because the problem is like, yes, I would, I would probably take him if, if it turned into JJ McCarthy and JJ McCarthy plus. Yeah, I would probably take that deal, but like, it's really hard to move on from a guy like Bryce Young when his t- when his value is as low as it's going to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's Perhaps, just, it's, but it could never get higher too. You know what I mean? Like if we see another year, like- I mean that that is the risk. That is the risk. Um, so I mean, and that's that's the dance. That's one of yeah. the many dances of, of dynasty fantasy football. Um, just for me though, I, I just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, he's really good." Except it was a bad situation. I'm not saying that. He right, was very right. disappointing last year. But I'm not really willing to move on from what I spent on him, and yeah. just to see if a change, not necessarily a change, makes him a stud, and then I'm good. If a change increases his value to where I can get more. Yeah, uh, I'll ask a question as my answer. Okay, I want to hear you guys' opinion, and I probably will answer the question. If the if the Panthers are so bad this year that they somehow get the first overall pick next year and they're kind of in a situation like the bears. Do you think they end up drafting another quarterback? Yeah. 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 Just like, the so Cardinals like drafted Kyler Maria, you're after drafting Josh Rosen. So yeah. So yeah, I think that you have to sell Bryce young because well, if, if, even if there's a sliver of doubt, you should do that. You should do that. Well, like right. Will Levis, honest to God, like, I don't know why, but it seems like the, the Titans aren't going to be in a in a position like the Panthers could to be this bad in my opinion. So like Brian uh Brian Callahan, I don't know how good he's going to be, but that's Bill's son. <laughs> that's right. Bill's son. Right. So like I don't think they're going to be like terrible in that sense. So like them I could see Will Levis being a starter longer than Bryce Young. That's my hot take. Yeah, I mean I think bottom line right now for Levis, for Bryce Young, you can get about an early second. So maybe say that, come back a little bit, say a mid-second plus or an early second and and something very small back. And let's look at where Kenny Pickett's going for right now. You could get Kenny Pickett for a third-round pick. You get Mac Jones for a fourth-round pick. So there's a chance that it comes back to this, and this is the height of what you can get for him. There's a chance that it isn't. And a year from now, you could get a first plus maybe. I'm just not willing to take that chance on guys like Bryce Young, 
like Will Levis, who I think there's a ceiling to. So th- that's my take there. Hoove, round us out here quickly with uh, with your final uh, fantasy football Valentine Dynasty edition. So once again, because Valentine's Day is tomorrow, I wanted to remind you boys, you know, to go out there and do something special for your significant others. So one of the things, and this I promise this will transition into football, is that one of the things on Valentine's Day for Heidi, I've realized over the years, it's not it's not the big things that she cares about. You know, like I could go out there, I could buy a fancy jewelry, I could buy her flowers, I could take her out to a nice dinner. But realistically, the, the Valentine's Day gift that matters most to her is me saying, hey, hey, babe, you want me to give you a foot massage? Or, hey, do you want me to make dinner? To, do you want me to cook dinner tonight? And just the little things. It's those little things that kind of makes the relationship so much better. And so that's why it's the little little transitions that you can make that really build up your roster. So mine is AJ Dillon. I think that him going into this offseason. And you want to hold Dillon, agent. correct? I want to hold Dillon. I okay. want to hold Dillon. I want to buy Dillon if because at the right price. So I think you can go out there and you can get AJ Dillon at a good price. And no matter what, like, there's going to be players like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I know I love Clyde, but if I, if you're a team and you could go out and get AJ Dillon or Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I'm going to get AJ Dillon. If you're a team like the Ravens, like if the Ravens miss out on Saquon and miss out on a few of these big big running backs, what if AJ Dillon's the guy that they bring in because he's proven more than like Clyde Edwards Hilaire that he can be that that guy. His value is yeah. way down too. His value is very, yeah, his value is very low. So you can get him at a good price. So like, that's what I mean. It's the little transactions that you know A.J. Dillon's probably going to get an opportunity, whether he comes back to Green Bay or whether he goes somewhere else, he's going to be used somewhere. And I could see him being someone that because he's so young, because he's so big, because it could could have just been the, the offense or the opportunity that he could be a person like unlike Kareem Hunt a few years ago that a team wasn't willing to give up more than a veteran minimum. He could be a guy that they actually like pay a little bit of money to, to bring him in, you know? So I don't know. I got a question, I, yeah. Are you trading JK Dobbins for AJ Dillon? It, 100%. I traded Roshan Johnson That's for AJ Dillon in a That's 207. The That's the range. Yeah. Uh, let me throw out a couple other names from dynasty's perspective. Just Nick give me Chubb. a yes or no from both of you guys. Uh, Definitely, I'm taking Nick Chubb any day. Um, Damian Pierce or AJ Dylan? Dylan? AJ Dylan. Damian Pierce or Dylan? I'm taking Dylan there. Miles Sanders? Dylan. Dylan. Zamir White? Dylan. White. That That's Madison? Dylan. That one's, Dylan. That one's very easy. Madison. So we're at the tier. So okay. like, yeah. Like so right. Yeah. So I think he's top of that tier. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, I I think I think you're dead on here. I think you're dead on who and actually Alex has him at the top of that tier, uh, right before kind of the Zamir White Alexander Madison tier. So I think you're dead on. I like this call, and it could be an improved situation for AJ Dillon. So um love that call. L- love the relationship advice you're throwing out as well, man. Like um I do want to give a shout out to all those significant others out there, man, especially the the ones that are near and dear to all of us here on this show, like they put up with so much shit us streaming multiple times a week, us you know Did late you streaming, <laughs> St- streaming, podcasting, yeah. uh, YouTubing if you would, um, but you know th- they put up with so much and 
Um, it's always a balance, right, guys? We're always trying to find that balance between working, creating content, uh, supporting other people's content, and, and still being present in our everyday life. And I know it's always a task. It is always something I'm struggling with, trying to get better at. Um, but those significant others, like on these Tuesday nights, this is Katie's night to cook dinner. She'll cook dinner um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Those are my streaming nights, and I'll handle it the rest of the time. But it's like finding that balance and finding that person is so huge. And Scott, I know you're always, you know, trying to work on this as well. And it's something very uh, pressing to you. Yeah. You guys have inspired me. Hey, babe. <laughs> Love you. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's round it out here with a little bit of good news. Good news, baby. This is the feel-good headlines of the week. I don't know what anyone's are, so I'm going to go ahead. Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot first, man. What is a feel-good headline that you're bringing to the IBT family this week, my friend? Okay, so this is not a headline. This made no news. Um, okay. This is a personal, you know, uh, happened within my community thing. Um, I think it'll, I think who will like this. Okay. I'm so gonna... there's a teacher. I'm not going to say his name, but um, he's at my kid's yeah. school. Mr. M, um, just, just 49er fan through and through. I mean, this entire postseason, every time I see him at the school, he is decked out in red sweats, red 49er hoodie, walking around, you know, just like on cloud nine, which he should be. He went to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Oh. And I mean, and the kids love him. My girls love him. He's great. Um, Vanessa talked to him this morning, was like, hey, how are you doing? He he was like, well, my plane got in last night at 1.30 a.m., so I had my last drink of the day at 1.30 a.m., and here I am at school the next morning. So the whole the whole time we're watching the Super Bowl, we're like, well, it would be great for Mr. Manning. And like when they lost, it was like, oh, poor Mr. Man. Oh, I just said his name. Mr. M. Um, here's, the th here's the cool thing, though. So at school today, my wife was telling me that many of the kids – went up to check in with him, see how he's doing, say they were sorry. Like, you know, six, yeah. seven, eight-year-old kids. There was a kid that made 49er cupcakes for him and Aww. brought these cupcakes and gave them to him. So what he told my wife was like, he was like, I was planning to come in here and sulk and pout and woe is me about the loss, but like, I can't do that with these kids. Yeah. So just the, I mean... Children are the future, but you know, it, I mean, kids like so they can really make your day like that. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, because, and I mean, it's because he is so adamantly a 49er fan at school. <laughs> so that was my headline again, didn't make any news, but I thought it was, I thought it was a really cool thing. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. TD in the chat saying that's all adorable. I, I'm with you, man. That's, that's a great story, man. And, uh, Kids are the future, dude. And it, it's good to see, you know, hey, Mr. M, man, he he was gunning it till they, last they minute. Knew. Yeah, he was what? on one. Yeah, um, yeah. Shout out, Mr. Didn't M. Take, didn't take today off. What a what a soldier. Yeah, what a know? hero, man. I would have definitely taken the day off. Fuck that shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but shout out, Mr. M. We appreciate you. Uh, Hooves, do you have anything as inspiring as my, my guy, Mr. M? down in a vodka sprite at the airport 130 saying i'm teaching these mother effing kids tomorrow and uh getting a good night rest before it 
Absolutely not. I had, uh, <laughs> I, after the week I've had, absolutely not. That's just, that's way too nice to even hear. It makes it, it's so nice. It makes me want to throw up. A it's annoyingly, bit. annoyingly nice. That's, yeah. that's how nice it is. All jokes aside, but I, I don't think it, people want to know how long it actually took me to think of a good story. I was just, I was in my woes today, but you guys really kind of made me in a better mood today with all the vibes. So you were Mr. M heading to school. We're, we're the kids for you. Yeah, Dude, that, when that's the really right. Super Bowl to the Patriots. I, I was a, it changed me as a person. The fact that you're on this pod. <laughs> I feel and that. just like going through it. Good on you. Like, I feel that. good on you. I, but I did have one moment before all hope was ripped out of me. It was at halftime. We were going to come back to it. Uh, Seth or Scott talked about the, the future. I'm going to talk about the past, present, and the future of the multiverse and Marvel with Deadpool 3, the trailer. It they didn't post the trailer at the Super Bowl, but they posted that the trailer is available online. So you can go ahead and watch the trailer on YouTube. And I we did. can't play it on this program. Yeah. We will get a copyright I strike. I, 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 I was I am the about type it. of nerd. I want everyone to know this. I've talked about this many times, but I'm the type of nerd that I've probably watched at least today. I got home around like 3.30-ish. I watched at least two and a half hours worth of Deadpool reaction videos of what people think of what is going to happen in the next movie. So yeah. I already know. I already know what's going to happen. I've listened to every YouTube analyst so far, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it next, next time they post the next trailer. I'm going to try to figure out all the Easter eggs too. So I am so excited. If you guys were fans of like all the Fox, uh, the Fox universe, like X-Men and Daredevil and Ghost yeah. Rider and all that, you have to go see it. I'm hearing speculation rumors that our girl Ariel's favorite pop star could be in it. And that's why Ryan Reynolds was at was in her suite at the was oh, at the oh. game. Well, that's a great transition, Hoop. What do you say? I I I I think I think uh, great. Let's carry it out. Let's do it. That was a high class transition because I don't I don't know how we got 65 minutes of this program today, and we have not mentioned her name. Taylor Swift is a fucking weapon for the NFL right now, folks. Taylor Swift is a fucking weapon. Um, not only is like it's so cool just to see this girl get off a 14-hour flight, um, but she's there. We'll, we'll pull it up here, and she's at the Super Bowl here. You can kind of see it on, on the, uh, the the Megatron there. Taylor Swift is an absolute riot. Like this is so cool, just to, like. She's living it up, man. She's a football gal. Um, to see see her reacting like this, I don't love the little devil signs that uh, that Ice Spice is throwing up there. I don't know if you guys can see that very well, but Ice Spice is throwing up little devil signs while she's doing that. I'm not cool about that, but uh, I also wanted to share this uh, th this post from one of my friends, Brian Twin Twining. Um, he's saying I don't like to share my family. On, on this sometimes godforsaken app, but I wanted to highlight the impact of hashtag Taylor Swift uh, is making for all girls, women, and the NFL sports should be the ultimate un-unifier and all-inclusive. Um, so just kind of sh sh sharing a picture of his family here. Like I thought this was so cool just to see like his daughter, his wife, his, his cousins. Everyone's excited about seeing Taylor Swift at the game. It's bringing in a new generation of fans. Brian probably doesn't want me sharing that on the on the program now that I think about it after you say he doesn't share much. But uh, either way, I think it's a, it's a great story, man. And Taylor Swift is fucking great for the NFL. Taylor Swift is great just in general. And uh, I think she's in love. I think she's in love, boys. She looked like she was in love. So 
we've been following this uh, this story throughout the year. Scott, what, what do you think of uh, of our girl Tay Tay living it up, living her best life there uh, with Ryan Reynolds and uh, and Blake and you know the whole game? I mean, the NFL, professional sports, all that it it's entertainment. Like, yeah, that's what it is. So, I mean, I've just I've kind of just stayed on the sidelines of this nonsense argument that's been going on since her and Kelsey got together. Um, you know, I, I will say one of my favorite, one of my favorite things I saw on Super Bowl Sunday that made me laugh the hardest was somebody said, I don't know, I, I'm probably ready to give up on the NFL if they keep showing CeCe Sabathia's reactions. Because there was a guy behind Taylor Swift that had an Indian's head. It wasn't CeCe Sabathia. <laughs> but like, anyway, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I mean, I, I understand. I'm old enough now and I've seen enough or whatever, heard enough to understand why there's all this. You mature nonsense going on um the the uh, not not that she and all the hoopla is nonsense i just mean all the like the reacting ways to, to attack it certainly but like you 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 said i mean the picture you showed like there is a massive amount of young kids you know girls boys whatever that became football fans this year because of taylor swift right and that's great they're enjoying it like all us adults can argue with each other and spin each other into circles with all of our nonsense. But, you know, the fact that there's all these kids who love Taylor Swift and they're like, all right, well, now I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm going to enjoy it. Or, you know, that it was, what wasn't it the most watched Super Bowl ever? Yeah. Um, 200, 200 plus mil, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand how that's a bad thing. I'm gonna piggy bank off. I'm going to piggyback off that because like, I feel, I, I feel the same way. Like, even though it hurts, you know, and they're like every time the Chiefs do something good, it's against my team, and they show Taylor. Like I'm, I'm still here for it because like it's bringing in just like a whole new market for the NFL, and like yeah. the more fans, the better, you know. Like the more fans that watch football, the more, the more fans that watch IBT. So like it all comes back to us, you know. Like whatever, whatever's best for the brand, and so like I'm here for it. What I'm not here for is like I want a little more equality. You know, so so now all these Swifties become fans. They get the first year they get to see their team win the Super Bowl, and I've had to watch my team go this close this many times. It's not fair. So I think that for equality reasons, the Chiefs shouldn't win a Super Bowl until Travis Kelsey retires. That's that. That's what I think. They got to see their. They got to see Tay's boyfriend win a Super Bowl. So now they get to understand what every other fan base has to feel getting close. Not making it all. I'm not even saying they don't make it. That's like I could say that you could sympathize with Bears fans and not make the playoffs or be Jets fans and not even sniff relevancy. I'm just saying that they should feel how I feel and get there and be like, man, now I really want them to get there. You know, that's what yeah. I that's what I hope for everyone. I hope everyone becomes just lifelong NFL fans that just hate themselves the week after the Super Bowl when they lose. That's what I aspire for everybody. Good night, amen. Future members of this this program could have been born it's into true. the fantasy football realm, into the football realm this year. Bat- I, mean, I think we're only a few but... steps away from having Taylor Swift on the show. Like, I know. Um... I know. How about it? <laughs> um, guys, this has been awesome. Great program. Appreciate Dave and everyone else hanging out in the chat with us tonight. Kyle, I appreciate your work backstage, my man. Um, a lot of good stuff coming for you. IBT this offseason. We're working hard on getting a new season of the show. This is actually episode 69 of season five of the program. So that's, that's kind of a cool fact. Um, I learned it before we went, nice. <laughs> before we went live today. 
Um, but we're going to have a new season. We're going to unveil it. We're going to have a brand new set. We're going to have a brand new theme song. Um, that's all in production right now. Some brand new drops and some new segments. So we're working underway with that right now. Draft Night Out tickets, they're on sale. Um, those are in the comments. We dropped them. Available. Um, so, so make sure you guys check out Draft uh, Night Out and come back, hang out with us again. And then uh, I think la- last word I just got to say is thank y'all. This was so much fun. I One other thing I learned tonight, lesson, that Hooves' name is Nick. Is that right? Nicholas. I did not know that until you really tonight. I go by Hoove because, like, there's so many people in this community that are named Nick. So I just never, I, for some reason, I just never, I, I knew your real name wasn't Hoove, but I just accepted <laughs> just calling you Hoove. That's like, that's cool. I feel like ago. I've kind of moved into that tier with like share, you know, that you just call it one name and that's yeah. it. Like, he's wild. Just Reba. call him Hoove. Yeah, there you, go. Around there. there you go. This is a crazy thing. Ozzy. Well, guys, we'll be back next week. We're going to have some uh, Oscars betting odds for you. We're also going to talk a little bit of combine, possible movers and uh, fallers here as we approach that, what we can learn going into the combine and who could be uh, falling and rising up draft boards after that week in Indianapolis. So until then, enjoy a, a, a weekend with no football for once, uh, but enjoy it, guys. Uh, Daytona 500. We'll have some content out for that later this week. Until then, y'all know what to do. Keep it in between. Thank you.